Hi, come on in. And join in. It's the very merry life. Hi, I'm Mary Hendricks, and you might know me as that relatable AF mama over on Instagram who hopefully feels like an old friend at this point. And if not, it won't be long till it feels that way as we get raw, unfiltered, and very unapologetic in all things motherhood, marriage, sex, and more. From moments worth savoring to moments worth surviving, get ready to leave feeling seen and supported. You have a friend here now. So hey, take a seat. What's going on? Hi. Okay. I'm so excited. We, this has been something that we've been trying to get together and do for a while now. We just have motherhood and life and figuring all of that out. And especially at night when we're dealing with baby sleep, which is what we're going to talk about today. It's just interesting. Complicated. Yeah. But I have Molly with me. I, what's your last name? Layton. Layton, it's right at the bottom of the screen. I should say that. Uh, okay, Molly Layton with me. There we go. <laughs> From Sleep Shore. And I've been connected with Molly on Instagram for um, a while now. And I've shared her on my Instagram and things like that. Um, and we are going to, for Taboo Tuesday, talk about sleep training because mm, it's interesting. But before we get Big into one. that, I want you to introduce <laughs> yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Perfect. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Molly Layton. I am the owner of Sleep Shore Sleep Consulting. Um, I'm a mom to two. I have a four and a half year old and a four and a half month old. Um, I got my sleep certification because my oldest was a horrible sleeper and I also knew nothing. Like everyone was very concerned with like all the different products I needed when I was pregnant and like stroller, car seat like all the little, the cute outfits, but no one ever said to me, like, are you, do you, have you taken a like newborn care course or a sleep yeah. course or gifted me anything like that or gave me any good info, um, on sleep. And I knew nothing. So when my son was about five months old, um, and I was just, I was done. Like I was up every two hours. I was nursing. I didn't know what to do. I was using all the wrong unsafe products um, I reached out for help and a friend of mine recommended a sleep consultant and I used her and I basically just went to her like so desperate. I was like, I will pay you, <laughs> I will pay you whatever you want. Tell me what to do, get this kid sleeping. And she did, um, within two weeks and I helped him learn how to sleep. I didn't lock him in a room and shut the door, um, and not go back in. Um, and yeah. he started sleeping through the night two weeks later and he's honestly like he's four and a half. So he has his, you know toddler, um, excuses and all that kind of stuff, but he's a really good sleeper. Um, yeah. and I just became really passionate about the topic of pediatric sleep, but also helping moms and parents understand what sleep training is, what it isn't, how you can do it in a way that you feel comfortable. And that works best for parent, mom, parent and baby, um, and child and helping people get sleep because it is such a massive component to, postpartum, to overall health and wellness, um, to just happiness and, and health. So I've been sleep coaching for about three and a half years. Um, and I live in Massachusetts and that's pretty much it. I love it. Right I love it. Yeah. And I, so sleep training, oh gosh. Well, and I think I brought, I don't know how we got connected, but I know I, I definitely have tapped and brought you up in such like that, because sleep training is one of those areas, especially on social media that I tread. So uh, I don't tread lightly because I've shared it, but it's one of those areas that 
anytime you bring it up, oh God, the the response that is one of the most triggering yeah. conversation starters is sleep training. And I don't really understand why. And when you say sleep training to some people, it just Ooh. And I always, I always say that when some people are like, do you sleep train? And I'll be like, yes. But when you say sleep train, what do you think sleep training is? Exactly. Because I, I, I think people have an, a weird idea as to most people, from my opinion, have an idea that sleep training is the cry it out method yes. and the cry it out method from what I think most people understand, understand it to be is they get this idea that it is taking your baby when you're ready for them to go to bed, putting them in a room, closing the door, like you said, turning off the lights, saying goodnight, not walking back in and letting them be for the rest of the night. Yeah. A thousand percent. One thousand percent. There is such a misconception about sleep training. And the term, I don't know if it's the term or if it's just like the connotation with the term. Um, there's a lot of misconception about um, how did that, that sleep and independent sleep is a skill that is taught. That's like yeah. a, one of the big kind of like triggering points or just, um, misconceptions. And then the other tier point is crying it out. Yeah. Certain people think, and most people think cry it out is extinction, which is putting baby in room, shutting the door, not coming back in until morning, which yeah. is a sleep training method. And we can certainly talk about methods. Um, yeah. but there are so, there are so many other parts to sleep training aside from like the method that you use, there are so many other components to it that make that help make your child learn to sleep and sleep better. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's, it's a, it's a controversial topic. Um, the other part, and I never knew it was, that was a thing. Like when I had, um, make sure my story uploaded. Okay. When I had Cassidy, I, again, like you said, no one ever talks about that. Like, which blows my mind actually, because of how crucial sleep is. I'm shocked that people don't say it more. Like I know the pediatrician brings it up a little bit and you know, what's funny with the pediatrician is like, if you say like, yeah, they cry, but for Peter's like, fine, good. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Which I love yeah. personally. I love that. But, um, the, the pediatrician's really the only one, but I feel like in the hospital, when you leave the hospital, like that should be something that they like go through with you. Like, Hey, these are the, I mean, they go through like the safe practices, like alone, back, yeah. whatever, on their back, safely, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all cool. I know that's even a touchy subject for some people mm-hmm. who are big into co-sleeping. And again, I'm going to say this and because I'm like the, I, I don't care. Like I'm one of those people that if you tell me you co-sleep, great, fine. You awesome. You. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I personally do not feel comfortable with it. Um, yeah. I'm way too nervous. If you've been doing it and you feel fine doing it, then go for you. Good for you. But also, I hope you know the risks. <laughs> right. Right. That's all I can say. And no different than, you know, any anything else, anything that you decide to do, I think we all should, no matter what choice we make, should be informed yeah. about the choice that we make. So if yeah. that's your choice that you want to make, cool. Yeah. Just hopefully just educate yourself on it as best you can and Got go you. from there. <laughs> but sleep has been something that has been... Until when you realize you don't have it, that's when you realize how crucial it is, it is in every aspect, in everything. Um, and that's why I've talked about it because I shared on my story with Haley, I think around five months. Yeah. 
I shared like an actual day in the, like a night of me just like starting sleep training. Mm-hmm. And I got, oh, some people got real mad at me. <laughs> they came <laughs> my stories. They came for you. They did. Uh, I know. I did. When I sleep trained Maisie, my daughter's now four and a half months old because I do this for a living. I saved yep. it. You know, it's a highlight on my story. I've saved it since she was a baby. And I've heard lots of mixed things. But the one thing that I will share my experience with her is that I started what I call like sleep shaping with her much mm-hmm. earlier. And so yeah. she really, I really never had to get to a point with her where I had to even let her cry for more than 15, 20 minutes yeah. because early on I watched her wake windows. I made sure she ate really well during the day. I made her sleep environment conducive for sleep. So there are things yeah. that parents can do early on. It takes work. But, you know, there are things parents can do early on to help shape their baby's sleep so that when they get to an age where they want to start to extend those nighttime stretches or get better naps, it's not this, like, dramatic, drastic thing they have to do where, you know, a lot of people think they have to let them cry for hours upon end, which is so not true. The number one question I get from clients is, like, how long – what is the longest a baby has cried that you've worked with before they've fallen asleep? and. I would say an hour is the longest, which yeah. sounds long if you never let your baby cry. Yeah. But if you think about it, like they, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. The way they've gone to sleep for four or five, 10 months is what they're used to. You're introducing something new. It's a change. They don't know what to do. They will learn how to fall asleep. And it's taking them one hour out of 24 hours yeah. to figure out how to do that. So if you think about it that way, it's not it's not that long. Um, yeah. but it's hard. It's hard for parents. It's hard. Crying is triggering. And I totally understand that. Um, but babies are very capable of learning new skills when we give them the foundation to do so. Yeah. Well, and I've always been, so when it comes to sleep training for me, one, I'm not like that great. I think Haley still wakes up. She wakes up funny enough at 10 30, mm. 10 30, 11 every single night. Mm-hmm. It is on point. Yeah. She doesn't stop. Like it's just, she's up and she's up and she sits up. Yeah. <laughs> she's just ready to go. And usually it's just, she wants to nurse and then I'll put her back down. Yeah. And, uh, it's, that might be why Maybe <laughs> is she just whatever have it. Uh, but she's been pretty good, but the way I've always, same thing. I like that. I like that terminology, sleep shaping. Like I've always been from day one. Like I remember with Cassidy again, not knowing anything, but with, Castier first, I remember always noticing that when she was tired, she'd rub her mm-hmm. eyes and her face. And then with Kev, I remember telling him, I was like, I'm going to just go put her down. She was like rubbing her face and she fussed a little bit and she's never hardcore cried. Cassidy was my kid that I had to do a little bit of extinction with. Yeah. And I'm always fully open with because I tried everything. I tried, yeah. I had a friend that did like a chair method where you yeah. sit next to the crib and you move back. Yeah. Did not work. I had a friend that tried every other, like I, I tried everything because crying is uncomfortable and nothing helped. And now she was one of those kids that if I went back into the room to go and try and comfort her, it was all over. Yeah. All over game over made it worse. Yeah. So it was almost better for me to let her just go. Yeah. And you tried other things. And that's the thing. I think another misconception is people are like, this is the only way, like I have to leave to cry. There are so many methods and there was like, there's also modification. So I have families that are like, I, I want to go in the room, but I like want to pick them up. I don't want to leave them in the crib. So I'm like, okay, so pick yeah. them up, like hold them, put yeah. them back down. Like that's not a big deal. 
Um, yeah. But there's, you know, you've tried other things and it didn't work and you knew your baby. You're like, if I go back in, she's not going to fall back to sleep. So you left her. Yeah. So that, you know. Well, and I always say too, because I, I once did um, a video on TikTok and it was like a, a trend over there and I forget what song it was, but it was like name, what's one sentence that can start an argument, mm-hmm. I think. And I said that crying I forget what I said. I think crying is okay yep. or something like that or letting your baby cry is okay. And of course the Blew up. people went in yeah. and I made a response video and I said, you know what? Crying, especially cause I, I get it. Like as a parent crying, no, that's our instinctual call. It's like when our young cries, the motherhood instinct, the parent instinct totally. clicks in that we want to tend to our little ones. Yeah. But as a mom and now, you know, you're a mom yeah. too, as of recent, like someone is going to be crying and will have to cry while you figure out the other one. Like there is usually someone crying at every 10 minutes in my household. Like it's just a thing. And some people get so extreme with this whole cried out method and sleep training. And that's the only thing that ever pops up with that is like the damage that's coming through and that there's studies about damage and how you're damaging. And I said enough because knowing that like as a first time mom, like that used to scare the yeah. shit out of me yeah. because I would hear this. And then anytime they cry, I You'd freak out. I would be thinking about like all the crap that was happening to him and how it was my fault. And if, we have enough to worry about, yeah. like I do not need to add that to the list. And especially when you have a second and the third at some point, like there's only so much you can do and crying at, you know, is a, is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something they do. Exactly. If you're forcing them to cry, no, right. that's a different thing. Right. If you are just ignoring their needs, their yeah. basic needs, if they're hungry, they need a diaper change, things like that, then yes, that's an issue. But sometimes they cry yeah, and it's their communication while they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's exactly. And that's like how the first, the first time I like left Maisie to cry, it wasn't intentional, but I, my son was in the tub I was like, yeah. she was, she was like 14 weeks old or something. And I was like trying to get her to sleep. She was like, didn't want me to hold her rock or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting you down I'm in my head. I was like, I'm giving you 10 minutes. If you are not sleeping after 10 minutes, that's enough time for me to get Bryce out of the tub, get him in pajamas. She cried yeah. for like eight minutes, 10 minutes. And she fell asleep. I was like, okay. That's how that I swear. I think Haley's probably Haley's been easier with sleep training. We've had to do a little bit, but she's never been like. I'm, I, I've probably been the laziest yeah. trainer this time because one, I don't know if she's my last baby and I just, I'm still breastfeeding her and I don't care at this point. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I have boundaries. Like I like to say, it's like, I have boundaries. Like I'm willing to go in there and I usually always pick up my kids when they're fussing, like uh, there's fussing and then there's crying. Big difference. So yeah. if they're fussing yeah. where they're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, then I let it go. It's fine. If they are hardcore help, like freaking Fair. out, I'm in there and I'm picking them up and I will nurse her, rock her to sleep. I don't really care. It is what it yep. is. I just have boundaries and like, she doesn't come to my bed. Like I just have certain boundaries with me as to what habits can I work and whittle down on. Yep. So way, that way, eventually she starts sleeping right. through the night as she gets older. And it's not like an... I always say this to people when they come and like, or ask me on Instagram and things like that is I'm, I'm not some expert on any of this. I just know from my personal experience that one, she's third child syndrome. She has to wait sometimes. So she's kind of had to figure out self-soothing on her own. Um, but also like it doesn't guarantee like sleep training also does not guarantee your baby's going to sleep 
all the time through the night. No. People have crap, like adults have crap nights of sleep. Like it's one of those things. It just helps giving them the tools to hopefully be able to put themselves back down when they don't necessarily need you. No different than how it is when you wake up in the middle of the night. Exactly. It's teaching your baby, exactly, teaching your baby to fall asleep or a child to fall asleep on their own so they can fall back to sleep on their own. And if they can't, then you decide as a parent how you're going to respond to them. And that's it. Yeah. And I always tell people, like I'm, like you said earlier, zero judgment. If, if, you, if what's working, if what you are doing is working, continue to do it. If it's yeah. not working anymore, then there are options to change it. And that's, that's really it. Well, and I think that's a big thing too, because I, sleep is one of those things that I think we have, it's like a myth of motherhood that moms Should are meant exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we are, <laughs> but I don't think it needs to be because we're necessarily sacrificing sleep. Like I think we're exhausted because of like the mental strain and the responsibilities, like things like that. Sleep deprivation is one thing that I don't think should be in, uh, a negotiable for motherhood. I think that's one thing that needs to be something that needs to happen because I know I, I I'm sure you could like, I think everyone can relate. If I don't have sleep, I'm not very good. Ew, <laughs> I'm not very good at my job. I don't think anyone's going to yeah. be good at their job, but I'm especially not good at my job, which is mo- being a mom. Um, I'm not very happy and I'm snappy and, um, I don't handle situations as easily and you just sleep in general impacts so much more. It does. And I've, I've said this before, like to other moms that I've talked to, like sleep, sleep deprivation, like should not be, or like lack of sleep should not be like a badge of honor. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, yeah. I'm so exhausted. I was up six times with my baby. Like almost, almost like a like, low key competition type thing. Like it should yeah. not be like that. To your point, sleep is connected to just so many, so many things for us as moms, but also for our babies, like healthy yeah. development and growth and memory and for us, memory and loss. And it's, it's, it's just so crucial and, and so important. And to go back to what you said earlier, like sleep training doesn't guarantee that your baby's going to sleep wonderfully forever. I mean, yeah. most of my clients are repeat clients. Like I yeah. stay connected with them until their kids are like older um, because they, Things impact a lot of the developmental things that happen with within the first two years with like physical yeah. development, walking, crawling, pulling to stand, rolling over, speech, all of that. It impacts sleep because your brain recovers when you sleep, and it's kind of catching yeah. up on all those no those new developments. And so, when a baby and a toddler are learning such major new skills, it yeah. can wake them up out of you know out of a deep sleep. And they have a hard is that what the ten month sleep regression is? Because that is like are th- and I knew I always said it Kev I was like I, you can tell because of like what happens overnight it's pretty I, I love this age because it's so freaking cool to see yeah. the development happen overnight because it literally happens overnight like you could tell yeah. that Haley is looking at something like right now she's trying to work on pulling herself up oh my god she hasn't she's only done it once and she hasn't done it again but you can tell that she's like studying it and trying to f- test it out yeah and i I forget what she, oh, it was when she learned how to go from laying down on her belly and sitting up to sitting up that that she was up so much that night because it was like, you could tell that she was practicing it a little bit. That's what happened. And it it was so funny, but it's pretty cool. And that's where you like notice, like that's what's happening overnight. That's exactly, that's (laughs) usually what happens because most, a lot of times people will be like, my baby was such a great sleeper. And then 
all of a sudden he or she's waking all night. I'm like, what are the new skills they're learning? Like, are they learning to roll over? Are they sitting up? Are they pulling to stand? Clapping. That was Haley's recent one. Clapping. Cause she, (laughs) she was up and she'd wake up and I would sit with her and she doesn't want, my kids are not cuddlers. I wish they were. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they do not cuddle. They don't like to lay like she will, if she's really tired, she'll lay with her head on my shoulder, yeah. like facing towards me. Yeah. But otherwise she wants to be facing out. She wants her back against my chest yeah, and funny. facing out. And, um, she was doing that and she was up and up at like, I think I had stories. If you saw like a week or two ago, she was up at like until a midnight. Oh um, yeah. Just, I saw that. She'd wake up at like nine 30 and be ready, ready to, go. to go. And we, I finally would bring her downstairs because yeah. I was like, screw this. I'm going to go sit downstairs. But she would lay on me and just clap her hands. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, oh, this is the skill. Herself. Yep. Yeah. And usually like that excitement, usually it like kind of wears off after a couple nights, weeks, yeah. whatever. Um, but some babies are like really sensitive to the new skills they're learning. Like yeah. you know, a lot of people ask me like, how long do regressions last? And it's, it's regressions are caused by a new skill. They're yeah. Learning. So when they kind of get used to it and it's not so new anymore and that excitement wears off it usually stops disrupting their sleep. So it's yeah. hard to tell. Well, and that's when I think like for me personally, what I found is routine is like oh, the huge. biggest yeah. thing in keeping with all of that because it's just, you know, for me, I we don't do it every night, but usually bath time is like right before bedtime. And that's always been like her key thing is to letting her know. And it's always kind of been like food, bath, book, yeah. bed, yeah. like as best as we can. Um, and I feel like that has always just helped us a little bit because then it just they know yeah, like at least. Yeah. We all thrive off routine, like, and babies, especially. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Like I, another question I get a lot. is like, how long does my bedtime routine have to be with my baby? It can be whatever yeah. you have time for basically. But yeah. if it's like a series of a sequence of events that are consistent each night or around like, you know, similar events each night, they will start to understand what comes next. So when like the yeah. sleep sack goes on, they know they're going in the crib and that's yeah. huge. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's go into the controversial portion of cry it out method. Cause I, I like to go into, um, <laughs> I, 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 well, I want to like pull through like different things that I know people have commented. So I had a reel on Instagram went crazy and I don't understand why, honestly, it was one me saying like when you realize that you thought your baby slept all night, but it was because you accidentally turned off the monitor. Oh, nice. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, based on a true story, I've done that multiple times or yeah. I'm so tired and I turn off the monitor really? because it will be on and she'll start crying and I must do it while I'm like half asleep, half asleep. and I'll just turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, honey. Yeah. Good night. Love Bye. You. I love you. Yeah. Love you. No. She always wakes up happy. So I haven't screwed up yet, no, but what's funny is like the comments on that are like, Oh, they got not. To, and what, I, I never even talked about sleep training. Like nothing was ever even mentioned in it, but the comments on it got insane yeah. about sleep training. And, um, one of the things like, I always know that the biggest thing that I see about sleep training is that you're teaching your baby not to trust you. That the reason why they stopped crying is because they finally have given up and they have no trust in you anymore. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. So yeah, that's not true. So I will share the problem. I'll just say this like straight up the problem with sleep training research is there really isn't yeah. a great amount of good research, meaning like large randomized trials that have kind of years worth of data that any researcher, scientist, doctor 
can look at and, and actually prove that to say like, yeah. baby doesn't trust you because you left them to cry. But there are good trials. I mean, there are good, um, there are, there is good research out there and two um, studies that came out recently. Um, yeah. one, but that one that was done by Nanit. So the Nanit monitor that like everyone loves yeah. raves, raves about, they just came out with a study. And then Emily Oster, who's a, um, a researcher and an author. Um, yep. She just came out with like a really, really good study on sleep training. And basically the findings that they came up with were that um, it doesn't matter what age you sleep train. The, the okay. ability to sleep train and teach your baby to sleep doesn't matter if you do it at four months, 12 months, there's no like perfect or right age. It can happen and you can make an impact. And teach. But they all agree that it should happen after four months, right? Yeah. Starting okay. after 16 weeks, because that is when your baby's sleep cycles change and they um, are now aligned to like our sleep cycles. So there's four sleep cycles. When a newborn, yeah. is, when a baby is a newborn, they only have two. They're in a sleep, deep sleep and an active sleep. And that's it. When a baby gotcha. goes through this four month sleep regression, they move to four stages of sleep. And mm-hmm. that is when it is more difficult for them to put themselves back to sleep because they're working through much more active and light stages of sleep. Um, gotcha. And that is when it's completely fine to sleep train. Um, so basically these two studies, the results were essentially people sleep train successfully at a number of ages, like a wide range of ages. Um, parental presence doesn't always work as well, um, as babies get older. So I think it was like 10 months and older, um, parental presence wasn't as effective, meaning if a parent started sleep training and they were going in every three, five, 10 minutes, picking their baby up, trying to put them back down, their baby wasn't falling asleep. But if they let left them and didn't go in, it was more effective. And the reason behind that is as your baby gets older, they're much more aware and alert and it's more stimulating for them to see you and mm-hmm. to be calm, like to actually be calm and try to fall asleep back to sleep by your presence. Yeah. Um, and then the third was just like what it did for the, families, like the amount of research that showed how it saved lives, marriages, sanity, and mental health um, was like astounding. So um, there is those two studies that came out recently were really strong um, in terms of like the number of people that participated in the findings and just the research to back it up in terms of like the attachment kind of theory out there and that it like creates some sort of disattachment to parents or trust or abandonment issues, there's not anything out there that is good enough with research that anyone is willing to put their name behind it to say that that's true. Um, So that's kind of, that's really the bottom line behind that like myth or theory. So, which is basically say like, I, that's the biggest thing that I always take away from it is like the benefits from what we're finding. We're seeing like tangible benefits from it. And that's, I mean, I, I know anytime I've ever talked about it was like, and the messages, I mean, 90% of the messages are from women that are saying like, I had to sleep train. I tried to avoid it. And the moment I did, I became a better mother and a better human. Like, again, sleep is a crucial thing. Like I, you, for us in general, as people in general, when we are tired, we eat shittier, we work out less, we move our bodies less, uh, we are moods. Yep mood, uh, forget like recovery, especially if you are trying to recover from 
at birth, (laughs) you're recovering for a long ass time. Uh, You are still, you know, all of that stuff. Um, It's immune system. All of this is just so important, that piece. And then also just think about like your mood and your fatigue. Like who, marriage, who the hell wants to have sex when you're exhausted? I don't. Like, forget that. I don't, yeah, I like- no. There's just so much, not that sex is needed, but you know the point. Like, yeah. if, I mean, you, you, do like you don't want to do any of that stuff Anything. that's supposed to be good for your 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 well-being yeah. and your family's well-being. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that the benefits far outweigh the potential, potential negatives. negatives and, yeah. and there's 100%. Um, and I'll just share like really quickly on some of these studies because I do think it, like, it's helpful to hear the numbers. So like the NANIT study recruited 4,000 families. So like wow. it's a pretty big number. There's yeah. a very common, like, I guess I'll just say like a very, just a very common study out there with a lot of people who are anti-sleep training and they always reference back to this um, yeah. study out there. And when you look at that study and what that person found when they did this research on sleep training, it was a study of 25 babies. So I would just say like for anyone out there and I, my, my, my job I I feel is to just share good, true, helpful information for people. If you are trying to figure out if sleep training is for you or not, just like do a little bit of research into the numbers and the data and the research that's out there on sleep training, because that's the hard part. It's like all of this stuff. It's so hard to find good research that isn't. Not even that. It's just like find that research is hard, but then also just like find information. I remember I looked up once about sleep training and it was some, it made me so frustrated to read it because I, again, it all boils into this whole mom shaming thing, which I just can't stand. And it was some woman, she was a blogger. I don't even remember her name now, but she wrote a whole post from the baby's perspective, trying to write about how sad this baby is that you're leaving me in the crib and how terrible, like you read it and like, yeah, if I didn't know anything about sleep training, I would never sleep train because that literally just made you feel like a piece of shit for even thinking about sleep training. And it's not anyone that has any medical backing. She just, she just feels she doesn't want to do it. And I always say to people, I'm like, again, I, I get frustrated with this stuff when people offer or when people are in, messages and things like that, like on that reel that did well and whatever people are saying that. And I'm like, some woman actually, you know, I'm going to find the comment because it was frustrating as shit to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you don't get heated about this. No, I don't. I hate when I just don't like shaming. Like I don't like shaming, especially when people like to just yeah, I mean, it should really just be... People like to pass judgment and offer no tangible help. So if you don't want me to sleep train, are you offering to come over... Yeah, and take my baby in the middle of the night. And take my baby yeah. while I take a nap? Yeah. Then? Exactly. Are you, are you going to get up with them during the middle of the mm-hmm. night? Uh, chances are, no, you're not. Um, and if not, then shut up. <laughs> yeah. Just how I feel. <laughs> and if you don't want to sleep train, don't sleep train, but don't shit on people that want to. Agreed. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, and as you're looking for that, and and you can attest to this too from your own experience, I feel like a lot of the questions and the the controversy is really around the attachment piece and yeah. rest. And I will just say, like, 
I've never, and even with my own son, but like, I've never had a family say, we sleep trained and years later, like my, my child doesn't want to be near me or like, doesn't want me or, you know, anything like that. So um, to no. be honest, I think that kind of theory around it is just a crock of shit. Um, no, I don't think, I think if my, uh, <laughs> if there's something I'm going to go back at my parents with being like, you guys screwed me up. It's, it's not going to be definitely <laughs> not from that time period. There's going to be other things, but it's not going to be that. Yeah, no. Mm. Let's see. Oh God, I need to find it. Cause it was so annoying what this girl said. And I know I didn't delete it cause it became like a big message stream. And if not, then I'm just going to pretend like I remember exactly verbatim what she said. But she said something along the lines of like selfish. Oh, I won't be able to find it. I know. So I it's so it would pop up at the top. Buried. Well, and I thought it would be at the top considering it was kind of like, usually I feel like when it's a big, like a big conversation, usually it's popped at the top. But I guess, oh, yeah. hold on, let me see. Uh, no. No, whatever. I just remember. So this woman commented saying that it was, she understands that it is that women have to work now and things like that, but we chose to have babies. And because of that, we need to be at their every call. And for us to do so, it's just selfish. It's more about like a selfish, you know, mentality. And I responded to her saying, you know, it has nothing to do with selfishness. I said, it has to do with support. I said, like, yeah, we know that we most women have gone into wanting to build a family. Most of us have gone into wanting to have a baby and we're willing to take on everything that that means. But one, we have no idea what to expect until we're in it. And two, we still the the support is lacking. And that's what frustrated me. And some people some people were like applauding this woman's answer. And I was like, I don't know. I was like that. Again, it's probably the same people that are just anti everything. And I was like, again, great. Then don't sleep train your kids, but don't say it's a selfish thing. Like, and I honestly don't think if it is a selfish thing, that's a bad selfish thing to be. I, I would be happy to say I'm selfish. Yeah, absolutely. I'm selfish about my sleep yeah. for a reason yeah. because my, my selfishness benefits everyone else, everyone and yourself. Yeah. Be selfish. I mean, yeah, I, I like what you said. It's not selfish. It's about support and yeah. your selfishness is benefiting your child. Yeah. We don't have the support again. If you're planning on coming over and being like my night doula (laughs) or whatever they're, they're called and you want to come and wake up with my baby. Awesome. It's not the case. Like, you know, or if, or if you and your spouse are on the same page for, you know, splitting shifts and things like that. Awesome. Go for it. If that works for you, if you want to co-sleep and you are fine doing your thing. Awesome. If it's working for you, then Great. But if it's not working for you and by mean, like not working, meaning you're exhausted yeah, and your health is taking a hit and your my, mental, mental health is taking a hit because of it, yeah. your marriage is taking a hit of it. It's not working. No, no. <laughs> and that's no. when you need to revisit it because yeah. it's not, it, no. it, again, like you said, it's not a badge of honor to be miserable and tired. It's in not, motherhood. it's not a competition amongst us moms. Like it should be just, we support whatever we want to do that work that we need, like what we need to be happy, healthy and support ourselves and our families. Like that's what people should do. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's I like a so mark, the mark of a good mom. Is like being a martyr. Yeah. Sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like impossible. being a martyr. Like it's impossible. 
Yeah. I, I just, I have so many moms who come to me and they, like last night I had a woman reach out to me in the middle of the night and she was like, I'm sitting here with my baby and she's six weeks, six months old and she's been up every three hours and she's fed, she's changed. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted. I'm like losing my memory. I'm like, I can't do anything during the day. Like, please help me. And like, yeah. It gets it, people. Ha- some people don't, but some people, most people that come to me get to a point like that, like yeah. just pure exhaustion. And I wish that it didn't have to get to that extreme. Exhaustion, scary. Uh, exhaustion but is it's okay. Yeah, it is. it's a scary thing. It's a really freaking scary thing. And I, that's uh, I always say like there was a big a reel I did, and it was it went viral, and I'm so glad it did. Out of all the reels that I could have ever produced. I'm so glad that that was the one that like decided to go viral. And it was the biggest tip for having a newborn. It was made it when Haley was like Mm. uh, only a few weeks old. And it was to put your baby down, even if they're crying, if you're frustrated or exhausted or anything like that, because walk away, walk away, put them somewhere safe and walk away. Especially if you're having one of those nights, because Mm -hmm. like we were saying, crying is a really triggering thing. Crying's not fun. Um, and it's just one of those where, and if you're exhausted, and you are so tired, you're not in your right mind a lot of times. You it it really does get scary. And it's hard to imagine, especially if you're listening to this and you're not a parent and you haven't been there. Like you're exhaust exhausted mm-hmm. some nights and you are still in charge of another human being. Human being and yeah. that it's a responsibility that you can't just say, like, I'll I'll get to it tomorrow. Like, yeah. no, you have to get to it right now. Yeah. And there are no breaks essentially i mean there are is if you have support yeah <laughs> but if you don't yeah. you're on your own and you have to buck you have to get through it and if there's a moment that you are at all questioning your mindset while holding this baby and you're getting frustrated and you're tired put the baby down and please walk away i don't care how hard that baby's crying just walk away go take a few deep breaths take a few minutes and then get back at it because it it really does get scary sometimes yeah. when you're that tired. No, that's good advice. It's very good advice. Yeah. And I, um, I think, and we can switch gears if you want to, but the last thing I'll share about this is like the lack of sleep for baby, like obviously it impacts the baby, but also impacts the mother. Um, I, there are so many clients that I have who once their babies are sleeping, they still message me and they're like, can you help me sleep? Like I still can't sleep. It's not yeah. something that just like, shuts off or goes away because you were waking up every two to three hours and then your baby starts sleeping for nine hours. Mom, parents and mothers like have, this is like detrimental. Like this can last a long time. Um, and it can be, it can take time for them to start to sleep and sleep better, even if their baby's sleeping. So, uh, well, even just with the, like nap times, like I've always been good, but thankfully my kids have always been pretty decent nappers where I can get good stretches out of them. But I know even, they don't sleep in. I wish they would freaking sleep in. That is like the one wish I wish I could change because I thought about this other night because I'm so Kaylee's been waking up at either she'll wake up once at night at 1030 or lately she's been waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> and just ready to go. That's her thing this morning. Finally. Hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I've been getting up with her because at some point I realized that she's just ready to go. Yeah. I'm hoping whatever, but this morning I could not get myself up and I, turned off the monitor. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I turned it off. She wasn't crying. Like Kevin was already awake. Yeah. <laughs> I heard her talking and I could tell that she was 
probably going to start whining for me to come in there. And Kevin was already awakened downstairs eating breakfast because he has to go to work. And I turned it off knowing that he could probably hear her yeah. and he would go up if she, she needed, needed to be. But I was like, I'm going to let him handle this. And he never ended up getting her. And he came back in like at 620. So it wasn't long. No. And he came at 620 and he was like, he said, is Haley out? And I was like, I assume so. Is that she's crying? And he said she was crying a little bit. But then she went to bed and I was like, good. Yeah. Good. Because I'm like, that's I need her to sleep. And maybe that was the thing to like. Like put her back yeah. on schedule. Yeah. yeah. The five to six a.m. hour is tough. Like that is like such a light stage of sleep. And it's it can take time for kids to just sleep through it instead of like waking up at five. I have so many people, even my daughter, it took her a long time, even still. She'll sometimes wake at like 5 30 and she'll just be like moaning, fussing, and I'm like, not ready. I'm not ready for you yet. Um yeah. and I leave her and she usually falls back to sleep. But a lot of kids like are in and out of sleep between five to seven. And that's okay. Like if your baby yeah. is up that time, you're not ready to get up and they are like just fussing, crying a little bit on and off, like leave them. It's okay. They're probably trying to go back to sleep. You know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. That's what I mean. I had to, cause I was yeah. like, I could not even I cannot get some up. mornings I do yeah. like I, I will get up. Yeah. It's been catching up with me. I think this morning I was like, I can't, I, I, I literally cannot. Yeah. I actually literally, this is how, and I talked about this on a podcast episode the other day. I was so tired because she's been doing this so consistently the other morning. I said to Kev, I was like, this is not a, nor- it's not a normal thought, but it's a common thought. I was like, what wouldn't it be nice if I fell down the stairs and broke my leg and bought myself a few days in the hospital so I could get some intro uninterrupted <laughs> sleep? That's so uh, fucked up. No, but I said that to Kevin. He was like, he was like, Mary, and I'm like, it's not anything. I'm not wishing it upon myself, but I'm kind of like, it's just out there. It's just a little. It's just out there. It's just like a little thought. I think uh, I don't know if you follow Diary of an Honest Mom, yeah. Libby. Yeah, she recently just shared something very similar, yeah. saying like, wouldn't it be nice to be like got hit by a car yeah, just <laughs> like terrible <happened. laughs> it's just like i don't want to die you just like a few days a few days away few days. where you have to be there like you're there's no if ands or buts it's true though <laughs> like you get to the point like we our family my son came home with a stomach bug like two weeks ago and yeah. i thought i dodged it and i didn't and although i hate oh, the stomach bug it's the worst no one else yeah. my daughter didn't get it my husband didn't get it i got it and oh, i was God. like it was like one day i'm like <laughs> 24 or 48 hours. I was like, I'm quarantined to a room. Don't bother Can't me. do anything. I was like, this is, this kind of sucks. Cause I'm like sick, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It's like, yeah. isn't it sad? Yeah. It's, that's sad. It's sad. It's sad because that's literally what has to happen sometimes for us to like, yeah, get great. a second. Mm-hmm. A hospital wouldn't even be that great. Cause the nurses would be coming in every three we hours. Like they always do. No one's bugging you. I need, I need a hotel room, but then I wouldn't even enjoy it. Again, hospital, I say hospital because at least you know you have to be there. Right. If I was at a hotel room, I'd feel guilty. Right. And you'd be like, what am I going to do? I'm just sitting. <laughs> and then I wouldn't sleep because I'd be guilty. And <laughs> that's just the the messed up part about motherhood. No, it's insane. We don't win. We don't win. Either we have to end up in the hospital because of an injury. Or get the stomach bug. Or get the stomach bug or get sick. To actually get rest that isn't really great rest. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's all back. That we would accept. Right. And then you're worrying the whole time. Like, did you feed yeah. them enough? Are you like, did you do this? It's just, yeah, it never stops. Yeah. It no. never stops. No. All right. Well, let me look at my Instagram everyone and asking? see what questions. Okay. Oh, let's see. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Is it possible to get your 14-month-old to sleep through the night without crying it out? So um, they're going to cry. I can't, like, you don't have to leave them to cry all night. But they're probably going to cry or talk. Like, if your 14-month-old is verbal yeah. and using and speaking words, they're going to speak or cry because that's how they respond. Um, but there are lots of ways to get a 14 month old to sleep that don't involve extinction. Like we talked about earlier, like just leaving them in there and shutting the door. Yeah. But there's always going to be some crying. It's if something is new that you're introducing, it's new to them. They're going to protest it a little bit until they understand what you're trying to teach them. That's the thing is like crying does not out of all of the times of day, like kids are going to cry because you took a toy away. Kids are going to cry because they don't like food. They're going to like, they're going to cry because they don't want a certain color cup. Like, yeah. It it's not necessarily because they're like being damn. It's because they're a kid. Like especially at that age, yeah, they're just gonna put up a fight because they're a kid, <laughs> right? And I always say, like, think about how many times you're in the car and your kid has been crying and you yeah. can't get to them. Like how long yeah. that has happened? Like how long that period? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, sucks. that's probably give or take however long your experience has been in the car with your kid crying give or take how long it would be for them to fall asleep on their own if they've never done it, like to actually yeah. sleep train. So it's yeah. kind of the same. Like you can't, although with sleep training, you can get to them. You can be there with them. Too. Yeah. You could be there and you can go and comfort them. In the car yeah. When you're driving, like most of the time you can't. So people do let their kids cry. Yeah. How the hell do I stop the suck to sleep? Is that nursing? <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Um, Might be them shortening it down. Oh, suck okay. to sleep association help help yeah so basically you just have to um cut it move the feeding time up so if your kid is if you know they need to be asleep at seven and you start nursing at 6 45 they're gonna fall asleep on the boob so start nursing yeah. at six or six fifteen, and they will probably be sleepy but they hopefully won't fall asleep as you're nursing if they do yeah. fall asleep when you're nursing unlatch try to wake them up a little bit so that they're like you know, awake before you put them in their crib or wherever they're sleeping. Um, yeah. If you do want to help them learn to fall asleep on their own. Yeah. I need to, I mean, she doesn't fall asleep on me. She just wants to nurse before bed. Yeah. Although I've been having Kevin do it. Just put him, put her to bed. Cause she won't fight him. If I put her to bed and don't offer to nurse her. Yeah. She's upset. Very upset. Yeah. So I almost at this point, cause I'm trying to wean. Yeah. It's been very hard. I know. An easy process, but I uh, I've just, I, it's not going well. I've, I've been breastfeeding her more than ever. These days. <laughs> so, like totally backfired at this point, but it will happen at some point. She just, she nurses at night and you know, it's, it's honestly, it's it, like I said, I'm a lazy sleep trainer. I know it's going to get her back to bed and, and that's okay. Like, and I'm in survival mode. I just can't with three kids right now. No. I'm like, whatever, I'll handle it at some point. 100%. And you will, and it'll stop and it'll be fine. And you won't even remember it. Like that's the thing. I think a lot of people are like with everything in parenting, I feel like you go through it. Oh yeah. That was, I didn't even, that wasn't even a big deal right now. It's a big deal, but like in a few months. Yeah. No, you won't remember. It's short. It. It's short. Uh, okay. So when did I, when did you start sleep training? So someone's asking me that I started lightly, like you said, sleep shaping. Yeah. So just like, uh, room darkeners. Although I actually didn't do that with my babies. I, I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I always put them asleep in a well-lit room yep. because I needed to know that they would sleep anywhere <laughs> in any condition. Um, so I did that and we had the snoo. Don't, you don't need that. Uh, 
I don't feel like that made that much of a difference, no. especially with Haley. I don't feel like that's not anything you need. It was nice, but yeah. not ne- needed. Um, I just did that, like sound machines, yeah. watching their wake cue or their sleep cues and routine as best as I can. But again, routine isn't something that I'm like a stickler on. It's nice. Um, especially I'm, I'm a little bit more of a stickler now just because I need to know that like nap times are going to happen and I need to know that bedtime is going to happen because again, I have three kids. Um, so I'm probably a little bit more routine at this point. Um, but I just started that. And then I think at like five months slowly, I started, but again, I'm very lazy this time. So it's not been like, it's not been hardcore where it's like, this is how it's going to be. Every night. Yeah. 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 It's just, I go with the flow. I give her time. My, my rule of thumb is if I hear her starting to fuss or cry, I give her like two minutes and see what happens. And majority of the time I can tell based off of her, the sound of her cry. Yeah. Like she has a different tone yeah. to her voice. Yeah. I know whether or not she will fall back to sleep yep. or not nine out of 10 times. She does not. So I go up there yep. <laughs> and I'm too lazy. I don't want to wait. I, at this point I'm like not in the mood to wait. So I just go up yeah, there and put her back down. Yeah. It's quicker. It is what it is. It's fine. Uh, how do you help transition from co-sleeping to a crib? So that's um, a big one. It depends on really how old your child is. If they were a young infant, so like I will say four to eight months, I would really just start to move them into the crib for naps, um, get them comfortable in the crib. If you're going to keep, you can either move the crib into your room if you want them to be in a familiar space where they've been sleeping. Um, do it for naps for a few days. And once that's going, okay, then I would do it for nights and you can keep them in the crib next to your bed. If you want to, if you want to move them out of your room completely, you can do that too. And just again, kind of start that you'll need to pick some sort of sleep training method. And what that means is like how you will put them to sleep and how you'll respond to them when they are trying to go to sleep. And if they wake overnight, so that could either be this short check-ins that could be sitting next to them until they fall asleep. That could be picking them up, putting them back down, whatever you're comfortable with. I have a blog post with like every sleep training method that is known to man. So if you go to my website. Yeah, you should say, uh, I'll share that with me after I'll put all this stuff in um, the show notes. That way you guys can take a look at anything. Um, Someone said, honestly, how the hell do you just start? I have a five month old reflux baby that will not sleep unless she's being held by me. That's probably hard because of reflux. Yeah. Me my daughter has reflux too. Um, You just have to really work the feedings around when you need them to go to sleep. So a lot of times, like right now, Maisie can really only stay awake for like 90 minutes. So the mm-hmm. second she wakes up, we feed her. She's bottle fed. I feed her. She sits up for like 45 minutes. Like yeah. she eats, she sits up. And then 45 minutes later, she's going back down. And she sometimes fits up in her sleep. And that's like, I know yeah. that scares people. That is okay. The way that their esophagus is design- designed and their throat, they will spit up to the side. Like they will not okay. choke on their spit up. Um, yeah. So it's doable. It just, you have to really work the feedings around it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How old should a child be to stop waking in the night? My four-year-old still does. Yeah. I mean, every kid's different. Um, I would say by like, usually by two or three. Um, I mean, for toddler years, around two, I would say they, they're obviously fully capable of sleeping through the night. They're capable of sleeping through the night well before that. If a child is waking overnight and they're usually between age three or four, it's either due to being way overtired, um, having some sort of like fear, nightmare, 
some reason why they can't go back to sleep or it's just toddlers being boundary pushers, um, which a lot of them are. They start to learn how to like push the boundary. They want a parent to be with them. They know what to do and what to say to get that person in the room and they know how to work it. So it's usually a couple of things. Spencer's been waking up and that's not like him. He's been probably my best sleeper. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's Cassidy was a, is a really good sleeper too, but she probably Cassidy was, had a little bit more of like a night terror type Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. that she went through. So we went through a little bout of that. We found that tablets. So if anyone's listening and going through that tablets, TVs, eliminate it an hour and a half before yep. bedtime. It makes a huge yep. difference. Sometimes it's hard. TVs will still keep. We just put on something calm. Yes. Um, but anything that's like cocoa melon or like even bluey. Bluey's great, but bluey is so short and quick. Yeah, it's like, like uh, the shows that jump and yeah. where or stimulate, get rid of that shit. Like put on like a Disney movie that's a little bit slower yes. paced if you can, if you have to put on something. But um, I always found that that was a big thing. Cause I think it just like overstimulated their brain. Yeah. And, and then she was having weird dreams. Oh yeah. And toddlers need like, I always tell parents when you bring your kid, if your kid goes to school or even if not start like winding your child down, if they're two and a half or older, they need yep. probably an hour and a half to two hours of like starting to like, wind down time. their mind body down. Cause it takes yep. so much more time for them to just get in the mindset of going to sleep. Um, so to your point, like eliminating or minimizing screens, trying to minimize like active play, watching like yeah. what they're eating and how close to bedtime they're eating and all of that. It just makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing for us. I know for Spencer now, when he wakes up, he hasn't fought us really. Um, the big thing he's really into is Good. we roll up his shade a little bit and we say, wait for Mr. Sun. <laughs> you can't get out of bed until Mr. Aww. Sun comes out. And he's all into that. So it works. Like I know there's like clocks and stuff <laughs> oh, that people good. buy. That's like. Good. Yeah. There, I know there's like red and green clocks or something that people buy that say like they glow different colors when you can get out of bed. So that might be something. And you could do like a, yeah, be okay to wait. Kids clocks. are big on rewards. Yeah. Kids are big on rewards. Maybe you just give them like mm-hmm. a sticker chart or something. Yeah. Uh, sticker charts work really well. Okay to wait clocks work really well. Incentives, like rewards, incentives, and consequences. It's hard, but like you take their favorite thing away. If they're waking up a million times overnight coming into bed with you and you take yeah. away the tablet, or whatever it is, they're they're going to stop doing it. It's hard on us because yeah. we. It's easier to give it to them, but it will work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 how do you get your baby to fall asleep while still awake? Make sure that they're tired. <laughs> yeah, watch the wake window. Make sure they're tired. Um, and then again, you just have to start to put them down awake. You have to try it. Yeah. Like you just have to try it a few yeah. times. And when you start trying it, if you're going to start to put your baby down awake give it a week. Like, I know that sounds long, but give it a week, give it some time to try. And if you are not okay with it, if they don't seem to be making any progress, like if they're still taking an hour to fall asleep, then you can figure something else out. Um, but once you start it, just start to try it and stick with it because they need consistency to like, you know, try to really figure it out. Yeah. Cause I mean, I put my kids down awake now. It's very rare for them to be asleep on me at this point, but I put them down or babies like awake. I've always put Haley down awake. You just kind of do again. Haley's very consistent. So I I would pay attention to like Molly saying like their sleep cues and things like that. Figure out what time they are awake and what time they're in bed. Like Haley's pretty good where she will take a nap anywhere between two and three and a half hours after she wakes up. She's pretty good. So like, I'm always like on days that the kids are both at school. I always get her up no later than seven. Yeah. 
because I know that I can get her down by nine yeah. <laughs> if I need to. And that way I have the whole Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Morning by myself, which is fabulous. Yeah. Um, it's going to suck the day that she gets rid of that nap. I know. Ugh. Don't worry but, about it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting close. Um, but I, I think that has helped because I know when we're getting up there and I know her cues because she gets very fussy. Mm-hmm. She just like all of a sudden doesn't want anything to do with anything. Yeah. And when I look at the clock, I'm like, oh, okay. Must be nine. That's what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. And then I go bring her up and you put her down and you go through the whole workings. You could you could rock them for a little bit, mm-hmm. read them a book or pick them up. And if they cry, give them a minute. Like you can make this. I always did like timed intervals, like where yes. I said like, okay, I'm going to set a timer for three minutes. And after three minutes, if they're still crying or fussing, whatever it is, I go in, I take care of them, whether it's rubbing their chest, mm-hmm. comforting them, picking them up, comforting them, holding them for a little bit, yeah. um, nursing them for a little bit if I need to, and then putting them back down, hopefully awake. Yeah. And going through that entire thing and you can extend that clock, but you can shorten that. You can, you can wait 30 seconds yep. and go in and then come out and make it a minute and then wait and make it a minute and a half. Like you can make it as short or as long as you want it to be. It, there is no, like whatever you feel comfortable with. Exactly. And there's no, I think there's a misconception on this too. Like some people think they have to wait like five, 10, you have to like increase the intervals as you go. Yeah. That is BS. The most important thing to do when you go in, if you're going to do intervals, is to be consistent. Babies want to know what you are expecting of them. So if you go in once and you pick them up and then you put them back down, and then the next day you decide, I'm just going to leave them to cry. And then the next day you go in and you nurse. They're like, what the F do you want? Like, what is going on? I don't know what you want or what what I'm doing here. So it doesn't matter how long you leave them. Just try to be consistent when you go into them of how you're going to respond to them. Um, the other thing on cues, I know you mentioned like Kaylee has like, like cues, she has sleepy cues. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of babies who don't have sleepy cues. Parents will be like, I know I'm supposed to put them down in 90 minutes, but like they're happy. They're on their mat. They're playing. They're fine. Still get them down for a nap. Like still try to get them down for a nap because babies, some babies don't have sleepy cues, but there are still times throughout the day where babies have a dip in, um, in, in their, you know, hormones and they are tired and they are naturally tired. There are times throughout the day where they're just biologically tired and predisposed times. So even if your baby seems okay and they're happy, I guarantee you, if you start to bring them in their room, you turn the white noise on, you start to get them in the sleep sack, feed them, they're going to start to yawn and get tired because they are tired. Like that is a time that they are likely needing a nap and they just don't have those kind of like classic sleepy cues. So that's another one that's like kind of Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, I mean, I, that's what I do. Even if it's just because I need that quiet time in the morning, I'm like, well, whatever state you're in, go by. Yeah. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah, I need, I need below time. Yeah. Um, guilt. How do you deal with it? Because you're doing it for you. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Again, I, I think moms have gotten to the point of where we literally have been told that we aren't allowed to do anything for our benefit anymore. And you are allowed to say that you are doing this for yourself. I'm like, yes, you're doing this for your baby. Sleep is a crucial thing for your baby. But if you are doing this for yourself, that is okay. Like, I I don't know where this whole selfish, yeah, selfless, like this whole selfless thing is a crock of garbage. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really, I don't feel guilt. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I've never felt guilty. My son, I probably felt a little bit of guilt just because I didn't know anything. And then yeah. I didn't, but with me, I just, I don't, I've never felt, I did not feel guilt with Maisie, like 
working on her sleep. I, I've been like looking forward to it and happy that she's sleeping. Um, yeah. But I know a lot of parents that feel guilty because they don't want their babies to cry and they don't want them to feel like they're leaving them and all of that. But I guarantee you, like, if you start working on your baby's sleep and you are consistent after three to four days when they start sleeping better, your guilt will start to go away. Well, yeah. 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 When you start seeing the results of how you're feeling and seeing how you're mothering and how you are just are as a person, like and how your baby is like your baby's going to be happy too. Like that's the thing. It's like these babies are not miserable. Like, they're happy. They're eating better. Like they're awesome. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, if you watch my stories, you should see how Haley wakes up after every nap. She's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just the happiest kid yeah. when she wakes up. And I, it's, you know, I, I think about that. That doesn't, to me, it's not a sign of a baby that's sad that I'm, you know, leaving her yeah. and having separation anxiety or anything like that. Like, it's just, I get the guilt. I, I get the guilt. I think the guilt comes from people's, again, the misconception about sleep training. And people have been blasting this whole idea about sleep training and being like, your babies were inside of you and they were meant to be in their mother's arms and stuff no. like that. And I'm like, yes, they are. And they will be for all other hours of the days. When they're awake, they yeah. they are my, my heart and my soul. But when they're asleep, they need to sleep because yeah. I have little heart when I'm tired. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Do not feel guilty. 100%. Don't feel guilty, please. Cause no, you have nothing to feel guilty over. You shouldn't like what? what no, if, you shouldn't. If, if, no, you're allowed to do it. Uh, how, okay. Let's see how to lengthen half hour naps. Mm. That's hard. So one of my, yeah, it's hard. One of my like really good tricks is to, um, to, well, again, you kind of have to pick a method to respond to your baby, but to leave your baby an hour from when they fell asleep. So short naps are really common or most naps start to lengthen by like five to six months. So if this baby it sounds like a 30 minute nap is probably like a four or five month old, um, I would try to put your baby down awake. They're going to more, more likely be able to put themselves to sleep when they wake up at that 30, 40 minute mark, that's when they're transitioning mm-hmm. from deep sleep to like light sleep. So that's when they wake up. Um, but leave them like an hour from when they fell asleep. So if they fell asleep at nine, they woke up at nine 30, you essentially want to leave them in their crib till 10 to kind of like indicate yeah. to them that this is your hour to sleep. You can go into them. You can do those like short intervals to go in, or you can leave them if they're not crying. Um, but doing that consistently will help them lengthen their nap and also kind of signal to them that this is your nap time. Um, and I, yeah. we're teaching them to sleep longer than 30 minutes. Yeah. It's kind of like that quiet time. Even with my kids, yeah. like uh, Spencer doesn't really nap anymore, but I still, uh, my sister-in-law, she's been really good at this. I don't think Spencer would, Spencer would probably tear apart his room if I let him <laughs> do this, if he's not in there for napping. But my sister-in-law is really good about putting her kids in their bedroom, mm-hmm. they don't really take naps anymore, but it's their quiet hour. I love it's it. It's just, yeah. And she, she needs it. She, she needs it. Yeah. Everyone needs it, but she does it and they are great. And I think it just sets the tone for, yeah. Hey, this is, you got it. You got, yeah, you got however much time I'm giving you go enjoy it. Yeah. Totally. Do what you want. Um, let's see tips for moving a four month old into the same room as a four year old. Yeah. So a lot of people room share. Um, I've worked with a lot of families who room share. Um, you really want, before you move them, you want to make sure that they're both sleeping well. 
So if your four-month-old is sleeping well, and that's okay if they wake up a couple of times a night to eat or whatever, um, but you don't want them to be waking up every like two hours because that's likely going to disrupt the four-year-old's sleep. Um, try to make their sides of the room separate if you can. I highly recommend the slumber pod, which is like the, that black like canopy yeah. um, blackout thing that goes over. It can go over a pack and play, a bassinet, a crib, um, because that just helps kind of separate the spaces. Yeah. Um, double up on white noise. Each side of the room can have one. And um, if it's a lot of a lot of the concern is usually around like putting them to bed. I would imagine the four-month-old might be going down a little bit earlier than your four-year-old, potentially. Um, so mm-hmm. that's fine. If you need to do your four-year-old's bedtime routine outside the bedroom and then just put them in, that's fine. Your four-month-old probably won't wake up when you put your four-year-old to bed. Like if you have white noise on and they're in a different corner of the room, you're, you're likely okay unless your four-year-old is like screaming. So um, yeah. <laughs> white noise. Yeah. Highly lots good. of white noise. Yeah. Lots and lots. <laughs> That's how I, Spencer, we have, we have two next to his head because yeah. his wall, Haley's crib is right next to the wall that conjoins his room. Oh, and I know that he'll be able to hear her. So I like blast it by his head. Yeah. That way he doesn't wake up. People always ask me, um, they always ask me like this, how, how loud it can go. Um, so it's technically supposed to be 60 decibels. So there's like apps you can download. Um, it's usually like three quarters of the way up or mine actually goes all the way up and you want to go where the baby is sleeping. So you turn your white noise up, you put it against the wall where you're trying to block the sound, download one of these decibel apps and turn the white noise on and you go to where your baby is and it'll tell you how many decibels it is. So 60 is like the safe range. Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't, I didn't do any of that. So people get very worried about hearing loss. So I would. Yeah. Well, oops. At this point, uh, let's see. <laughs> They'll be fine. Maybe that's why they don't pay attention to me because they can't hear me. You never know. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, a lot of them are saying like, how do you get your baby to fall asleep? Yeah. Gotta pick your method. Uh, my 15 month old, my 15 month old still wakes up three to four times a night. My heart can't take the cried out method. Can, is there anything else I can do? Yes. You pick a more gentle method, um, which means you can be in the room. Um, I can't guarantee that that's going to make them cry less, to be honest. Like that's just some, some babies even seeing a parent makes them cry more. Um, yeah, that's how Cassidy was. Yeah. So I would pick a more gentle method. That could mean sitting next to their crib until they fall asleep, putting your hand on their back and just sitting there, leaving, coming back in every time and doing that when they wake up. Um, it's a more gentle method. It's a more a, a method that involves more parental presence. It takes can take a little bit longer and it takes a lot of willpower from the parent to do it. Um, but yeah. it's, it works. Like it works. I've, I've worked with tons of families, like 18 months to three years old, where that method works well because they want a parent or they've been sleeping with a parent or they've been waking up a lot overnight. And so the parent's sitting there until they fall asleep and then slowly removing themselves from the room um, gives the child some comfort knowing the parent is there and then comes back when they wake up. Yeah, that was, um, my friend did that. My friend had a baby right before I had Cassidy. Yeah. And they did chair, like a chair. I think I said that she did her chair, but she like, I think the chair started right next to the bed. And then every day, I think she said it took a while because she was like out of it, but she stuck to it. And I think I want to say she said it took like two weeks. Yeah. Like almost because she moved it slowly back. 
It can take and, it can take two weeks, and usually, like, you kind of have to gauge how it's going. Like, if your kid's falling asleep really well, and you've moved to, like the halfway from like their crib to the doorway, and they yeah. fell asleep within ten minutes, then I wouldn't the next night like stay in the same spot. I would then go to the doorway. You know, like keep moving yeah. out of the room and talk to them about it. Even if the baby is fifteen months old and they might not understand it, they actually comprehend a lot more than you think. So if you say to them, like, mommy's sitting right next to you, you're going to go to sleep on your own. I'm right here. I'll come back if you wake up and you repeat a consistent phrase, they start to learn and understand that. And they'll remember that. So yeah, um, it works. It just takes a lot of willpower. Yeah. So there's ways, again, you don't have to make your baby cry. Trust me. (laughs) No one wants their babies to be upset. Uh, No mom, any mom that is, that does do the cried out method. Trust me, my kids have cried themselves to sleep. I'm fully transparent about it. Do I like it? No. It's a whole like office quote. Do I do it? Yeah, I do sometimes because I have to, I I have to. And if it's the method that has worked sometimes best for me, but there are plenty of times that, I mean, Especially, like I said, with Haley, she yeah. doesn't go very long. She maybe gets two minutes and yeah. then I'm like, okay, bye. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I can stomach it. This, the girl has had has had to cry yeah. times because she's the third. It happened. Third fiddle. Um, let's see. My 11-month-old has always gone to sleep independently but doesn't stay asleep. No sleep associate. Associations, probably. Um, so there's probably something off with the daytime schedule. Then I would have to imagine daytime or feedings. So make sure they're still feeding at 11 months. Like obviously most likely they're having solid food. So I know a lot of people start to do more solids than they do breast milk or formula, which is fine, Mm -hmm. but that should still technically be their main source of nutrition throughout the day. Um, and likely something's off with the schedule. So if your 11 month old is napping twice a day, they should be going to sleep around three to three and a half hours after they're waking up from that second nap. Um, That could mean if they're waking up at three, then they're in bed at 6.30, which a lot of people, that like scares people. A lot of people are like, but I want them to go to bed at 7.30. I get it. But like, wouldn't you rather they stay asleep all night (laughs) instead of stretching them and getting them overtired? So most overnight wake-ups are due to overtiredness. Um, So I would just really try to work on their, their day schedule and getting them to bed at an age appropriate time. Maybe I should try that. I'm going to focus on a three-hour schedule. Yeah. So I forget what she's at right now. Mm, all right. I'm going to have to get her up early tomorrow then. Damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want her to sleep when the kids are gone. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay. Well, I think that all of them are pretty much the same. But let's see. Okay. Yeah, like pacifier, dropping a pacifier. That's hard. It is hard. That I had to do that with Cassidy. Yeah. Getting rid of pacifiers for nap and bedtime. I didn't just get rid of Cassidy's pacifier until she was closer to three. Yeah. Or maybe she was three. I, I went, I let it go because again, she was having great sleep and yeah. I didn't want to mess with something. Like I don't want to, you know, don't fix what isn't broke yeah. type of thing, but she needed to because it was just a affects their teeth and we even just got instructed with Spencer because Spencer sucks his thumb mm. that he has to stop trying to suck his thumb by because so you could see it like you can see that shape of his teeth and I'm like oh I'm like I Kev has been pretty good with it where he's like I, I came upstairs last weekend I was recording something and I came upstairs and I could smell vinegar <laughs> and I was like what is that and he was like I dipped his thumbs in vinegar and I was like Kevin <laughs> he's like what and I'm like oh <laughs> 
I was like, you know what? I'm sorry I mentioned anything to you because the, the pediatric dentist was not like, it has to yeah, end yeah, now. Yeah. He just mentioned like, maybe we should start working Thinking, on it. Yeah. And Kevin now took this and is running with it. But he, he was just like, well, you just can't do it during the day. He could do it at night. And I'm like, okay, well, hard. let's go easy on this man. And I said, you also have to go slow on this because I'm currently trying to get Haley to stop weaning. And that's like an emotional thing yeah, or to start weeding. I said, that's emotional. Now you're going to cut him off of his thumb. The thing that makes him look like a baby. Yeah. I'm like, stop it. Like yeah. one thing at a time for me. I cannot handle more. I cannot. No, I can't. I so I was like, we got to just chill, chill on that front right I think now. There's like a, there's some sort of theory out there that's like, do it before they're seven months or like yeah. after three or something like yeah. that. No. Yeah. Either way, it's tough. Hey, he just, he just came in. Hey, what's up? Kev. She's up. Oh, okay. Not good timing. Not good timing. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap it up because <laughs> duty calls. <laughs> I have to go t- duty. duty calls. Uh, I'm assuming he probably even tried going in there usually and she, he can go in and get her down. But what time is Give it? it a whirl. It's yeah. early. Oh, come on, child. It's not even nine yet. Well, that's all right. Anyhow, I will link all of this information uh, from Molly's blog and everything in the show notes. And I'll put all of Molly's information if you guys want to check her out on her Instagram or sleep consulting, anything like that, um, and have her work with you. I would suggest it. Um, again, you have nothing to be ashamed of, guilty for any of that, for wanting good sleep for yourself and for your baby. Because sleep is, uh, if sleep weren't important, we wouldn't focus on it so much. <laughs> no, exactly. So. It's crucial. So yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Of course. Yes, of course. Please Thanks, feel Molly. free to uh, reach out. Any questions anybody has, I'm happy to to help. So perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck thank with you, Haley. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another episode down and way more to go. But thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. I'd love for you to share it with others and post about it on your own social media or leave a rating and review. I cannot tell you how helpful and how appreciated those things are for me. Of course, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at The Very Merry Life, over on TikTok, The Very Merry Life. And even if you wanted to check out my monthly newsletter, you can do so by subscribing over at TheVeryMerryLife.com. I'll see you next week. Stay tuned for more honest, raw, real chit chat. I have some amazing moms lined up coming on and shit's going to get fun. So buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be good.